1: Good morning ladies and gentlemen, my name is Sylvie and I will be your operator for Crescent Points Energy's first quarter 2021 conference call. This conference call is being recorded today and will be webcast along with a slide deck which can be found on Crescent Points website homepage. The webcast may not be recorded or rebroadcast without the express consent of Crescent Point Energy. All amounts discussed today are in Canadian dollars unless otherwise stated. The complete financial statements and management's discussion and analysis for the period ended March 31, 2021 were announced this morning and are available on the Crescent Point, CEDAR, and EDGAR websites. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session for members of the investment community. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. And if you would like to withdraw your question, please press star two. During the call, management may make projections or other forward-looking statements regarding future events or future financial performance. Actual performance, events, or results may differ materially. Additional information or factors that could affect Crescent Point's operations or financial results are included in Crescent Point's most recent annual information form, which may be accessed through the Crescent Point's CEDAR or EDGAR websites or by contacting Crescent Point Energy. Management also calls your attention to the forward-looking information and non-GAAP measures sections of the press release issued earlier today and I would like to turn the call over to Craig Brixa, President and Chief Executive Officer at Crescent Point. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, operator. Welcome everyone to our Q1 2021 conference call. With me today are Ken Lamont, Chief Financial Officer, and Ryan Gritzfeld, Chief Operating Officer. As the operator highlighted, this conference call is being webcast along with a slide deck which can be found on our website. Before I discuss our quarterly results, I'd like to briefly speak to the improving industry sentiment and the opportunities ahead of us for this year. After a tumultuous 2020, the macro environment became more constructive in the first quarter of 2021. Although the world continues to face significant COVID-related challenges, the vaccination rollout has broadened and economies are beginning to open with global oil demand, returning to closer to pre-pandemic levels. On the supply front, we believe the industry continues to show renewed discipline, focusing on returns over large-scale growth. Additionally, OPEC and other oil producing nations have remained successful in managing the delicate supply-demand balance as global economic recovery finds its footing. These factors have all helped stabilize commodity prices with WTI hovering around US $60 per barrel mark for much of the first quarter. Although the timing of the full global recovery remains uncertain, our commitment to our guiding principles of balance sheet strength and sustainability have remained unchanged. By maintaining this commitment, we have delivered strong first quarter results. During the first quarter, we generated significant excess cash flow of approximately $130 million, further enhancing our balance sheet strength, increased our emissions intensity reduction target to 50% by 2025, and remain on track with our annual capital spending and production guidance. As a result of our initial Q1 success and further operational execution, we anticipate generating excess cash flow of approximately $525 to $650 million, at US $55 to $65 per barrel WTI for 2021. This significant excess cash flow generation materially enhances our financial position. Based on current commodity price environment, we expect continued improvement into next year, as well, further enhancing our value for our shareholders. Subsequent to the quarter ending, we closed our accretive acquisition in the K-Bob DuVernay. We expect that our entry into this play will further enhance our expected free cash flow generation, accelerate our deleveraging profile, give us significant inventory and infrastructure in a low-risk play, and improve our environmental performance, all at a treat- accretive per-share metrics. Since closing the acquisition, our, our teams have moved swiftly to integrate the new assets into our portfolio and have welcomed a talented team of former Shell employees to Crescent Point. Our operations strategy continues to to be holding production relatively flat at approximately 30,000 BOE per day, while making an annual capital investment of approximately $180 million. This produces annual net operating income of approximately 365 to $435 million at US $55 to $65 per barrel WTI pricing. We are confident that we will identify further opportunities to enhance returns in this play by realizing efficiencies through our expertise in multi-well pad development and by identifying new drilling locations over time. Furthermore, by acquiring direct ownership of key infrastructure in the area, we should be able to develop the assets with lower capital requirements while also gaining strategic control of our future development plans. We look forward to sharing more news about our operational progress in the K-Bob DuVernay over the coming months as we continue to integrate these assets into our operations. While we anticipate our K-Bob DuVernay entry to improve our environmental performance, I also want to highlight additional ESG progress we've made at a corporate level. Last year we set an ambitious emissions reduction target to drop our GHG intensity by 30% and our methane emissions by 50% by the year 2025. We have worked hard to make progress on these emissions reduction fronts and have achieved significant early success. As a result, we are increasing our targets to achieve reductions of 50% in GHG intensity and 70% in methane emissions by the year 2025 from the same 2017 baseline as our original targets. We continue to receive recognition for our ESG progress from sustainability rating agencies. We are in the progress of compiling this year's sustainability report, which will be highlight our continued commitment to ESG practices, including the announcement of additional environmental targets and new performance disclosures. Look for the report to, re- to be released later this year. I'll now turn it over to Ken to discuss our financial results. Ken?
3: Great. Thanks, Craig. For the quarter ended March 31, 2021, adjusted funds flow totaled over $260 million, or $0.49 cents per share fully diluted, driven by a strong operating netback of over $35 per BOE. Our first quarter development capital expenditures totaled $119 million. We remain on track to spend $575 to $625 million in 2021, which is in line with our previous, previously stated guidance. Net debt, as at March 31, 2021, was approximately $2 billion, which reflects over $135 million of net debt reduction in the quarter, and over $750 million since the beginning of 2020. Our overall net debt does not include the K-Bob DuVernay acquisition, which closed on April 1. As a part of the K-Bob DuVernay transaction funding, our net debt increased by approximately $670 million, including normal closing adjustments. However, due to the increased expected cash flow and excess cash flow generation associated with this deal, our near-term leverage ratios have improved alongside our expected deleveraging horizon. We expect to obtain our long-term leverage targets of approximately one times through the continued allocation of future excess cash flow to net debt repayments and through potential A&D opportunities. We continue to be disciplined with our hedging strategy to protect against commodity price volatility. Over forty percent of our remaining oil and liquids production net of royalty interest is hedged through the remainder of twenty twenty one. The majority of our hedges are swaps with an average price of approximately Canadian sixty five dollars per barrel, providing us with a solid cash flow base for the year. We will remain disciplined in our approach in layering on additional protection in the context of commodity prices. And we'll chip away at locking in more hedges, which participate in some commodity price upside. I'll now turn things over to Ryan to provide some operational highlights.
4: Ryan? Thanks, Ken. Our first quarter production averaged 119,384 BOE per day, comprised of over 90% oil and liquids. Our previously announced acquisition in the K Bob Duvernay closed April 1st, and we have successfully integrated these assets into our operations. During first quarter, a number of our wells were completed and brought on stream and initial rates of these wells on production for more than 30 days had IP30 rates of approximately 800 BOE per day per well weighted to approximately 85% condensate and liquids. We are pleased with these results as development continues to step out from Shell's historical drilling locations. Our first month operating in the K-Bob DuVernay has only reinforced the excitement we have for this deal as we combine our existing in-house technical knowledge with the hands-on expertise of our new employees from Shell who have years of experience working with this asset. Crescent Point has a proven history of operational execution in two-mile horizontal development plays with similar characteristics to the K-Bob DuVernay, such as our assets in North Dakota, and we look forward to applying these learnings to our K-Bob DuVernay asset to further enhance efficiencies and full cycle returns. Our conservative 10-year development plan for these assets has a focus on free cash flow generation over growth. We, ex- we are excited about the opportunity for us to enhance returns through potential cost efficiencies, to potentially identify new locations given our conservative well spacing assumptions and undeveloped land base, and therefore grow economic reserves and net asset value, given the unbooked nature of this asset. As we integrate the K-Bob DuVernay assets, we will also remain focused on enhancing the sustainability of our entire asset base through our decline mitigation efforts. In first quarter, we successfully converted 30 water flood injectors and plan to convert over 135 for the year. The continued success of our water flood programs is evidenced by the low decline production they generate. Approximately 25% of our current corporate oil production is under water flood with a base decline rate of only 5%. And as we continue to convert producers to injectors and repressurize our reservoirs, we expect to see ongoing improvement in our corporate decline rate. Moving to ESG, as Craig mentioned, we've had tremendous success reducing our emissions intensity since releasing our original 30% reduction target in last year's sustainability report. We have achieved significant reductions to date by taking a proactive approach to mitigating emissions. In our day-to-day development planning and field operations. As a result of this early success, we are setting more aggressive targets to achieve reductions of 50% in greenhouse gas intensity, including a 70% reduction in methane emissions, by 2025. Our success has also been driven through new workflows and the adoption of our OT platform, which has increased field automation while reducing costs and operator driving requirements, thereby further reducing emissions. Altogether, I think our progress to date has been incredible, and I'm proud of our team's success and look forward to delivering continued improvements over the coming years. ESG considerations are part of everything we do, and we're excited to announce new environmental performance targets and disclosures in our third annual sustainability report. This report, which we plan to release later this year, will include greater detail on our new targets and increased accountability. Before I turn it back over to Craig, I'd like to thank all of our field and operations staff for their tireless work over the past three months. Your hard work, dedication to safe operations, and continued execution is pivotal to our overall success. I'd also like to welcome all of our new employees from Shell, as we're very excited to have you aboard and look forward to working alongside you as we develop the KBOB asset. I'll now pass it back to Craig for some final remarks. Thanks, Ryan. Our first quarter results have us
2: well positioned for a strong fiscal 2021, especially if the rising oil price environment we've experienced so far this year persists. We are optimistic that the global economic recovery will continue in the summer months as more people receive vaccines and eco- economies open further. However, we remain prudent in our risk management and discipline in our capital allocation to protect ourselves under any commodity price scenario. Our light oil weight High netback asset base gives us robust free cash flow generation outlook with significant upside in the event commodity prices continue to improve. We are, we are excited for what this means to our outlook and the opportunity it creates for our shareholders. Our capital allocation framework is centered on sustaining production and initially directing free cash flow we generate toward our balance sheet and base dividend. As market conditions continue to improve and we approach our optimal leverage targets, we will consider gradually increasing our base dividend. Following that, we will assess the allocation of any remaining free cash flow in the context of returns and our long-term development plans. I want to thank all our stakeholders for their continued support and our employees for their hard work and execution on our business strategy. We look forward to having the opportunity to engage with our shareholders at our annual general meeting on May 20th. Similar to last year, we will be hosting the event virtually to protect the health and well-being of all our valued stakeholders. For more information on how to attend our AGM, please visit our website. I'll now open the call to the investment community for questions. Operator, please open the call.
1: Thank you, sir. As a reminder for members of the investment community, if you would like to ask a question, please slowly press star, then the number 1 on your telephone keypad. And if you would like to withdraw your question, press star 2.
0: Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: And your first question comes from the line of Cody Kwong at CFIL. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
5: Uh, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. i uh, got a quick question on, on your capital budget for this year. I see a lot of your... Uh, Peers have either uh, increased their budget with rising oil prices, or at least considering it right now. Where do you guys stand at that? I see there was no update to guidance here, but I mean, could we possibly see something uh, a little bit more accelerated in the back half of the year, or are you guys staying padded at at this level?
2: Good morning, Cordy. Thanks for the question. Um, You know, I I would say our our guidance is, is pretty much set for the year, so you know, don't expect us to go layering in any incremental capital here in the back half of the year. So the 575 to $625 million capital budget that we've laid out to the market, um, I, I would call that set for, for this year for sure. And then, you know, we're just starting the formal process here for 2022. And as we get closer to nailing that down and get that done, we'll, we'll lay that out to the market at some point in time here
5: yeah,
2: into the fall or, or winter season.
5: But but at a, in a base case level though uh, the the number that you have in your presentation 850 million dollars of sustaining capex that's a that's a decent number to use for now Craig
2: for for sure it is that's a, a safe assumption you know on the sustaining level okay that's it for me thanks thanks Cody
1: thank you next question is from the line of Patrick O'Rourke at EBT Capital please go ahead your line is open.
5: Hey, good morning guys uh just a couple of questions here and they probably go in different directions but um first just wondering in terms of the duvernay and capital allocation coming up um you know shell had had a fairly concentrated approach to that i think that probably lined up with their infrastructure um the, you know the, the footprint uh is fairly wide and uh, you know i'm assuming you're pretty set in where you're going to drill in 2021 but how do you approach kind of de- delineation and de-risking some of these other pockets that Shell hadn't been as active on uh, as we get out into 2022 here that might have uh, considerable value and, you know, certainly see some intriguing offsetting well results.
2: Yeah, so I can I can take that first, Patrick, and again, thanks for the question, then I'll pass a little bit of it to Ryan. But, you know, as you look into 2021, like you said, our you know, our program is fairly set. We're going to be moving... Uh, iron out there and call it the later part of June early July uh, to really start up our drilling program here for this year so we're, we're, we're excited about that and like I say that program is set and then as you look out into 2022 you know we'll step out a little bit but also keep in mind uh, Patrick that you know the play is is fairly well delineated um, and not only by Shell and what they've done over you know the past decade but uh, also by a number of the competitors in the area when you look to the north and the south and the east and the west so it gives us a significant amount of confidence uh in the asset base and in the land base as we move a little bit to the east and then even a little bit to the west. Um as far as the timing around all of that, you know, like I say, twenty one is fairly set, twenty twenty two, we're starting to plan into. Uh and then Ryan, I don't know if you'd have any additional comments you'd wanna speak to on on uh Kbob.
4: Yeah, I don't think I have too much extra. Craig, you handled that one pretty well. I, I mean as you know, these these are kind of you know bigger pads uh, in some undeveloped areas, and so you know there's you know 12 months planning that that goes into these pads. So like Craig said, you know our 2021 program is uh, is pretty set here. Um, you know offsetting some of the some of the um, current results we're getting that we're pleased with, and then uh, you know 2022 as well, starting to plan that out and and definitely you know following up uh to, to some of our uh results in, in the northeast part of the play and then more kind of in the in the central part um offsetting you know shells you know historic uh drilling
5: maybe shifting gears a little bit here um you know you guys sound fairly uh optimistic uh maybe that's not the right word uh you know competent in recovery here and commodity prices I know the back end of the curve has, has come up, but we're still in a fairly uh, backwardated position. Hedges are rolling off. Just wondering how you're thinking about um, you know, maintaining that enthusiasm, but also managing on the uh, risk management side here going forward with that backwardation.
2: Yeah, so that's a good question too. And I'll I'll take a bit of it, Pat, and then I'll pass it over to, to Ken as well uh, to speak to you, give you a little bit of color anyway, and how we're approaching the hedge book. but. Um, you know, obviously commodity prices at where they are, you know call it today sixty five bucks very strong. Uh, we're we're obviously excited about that and what what it's done here over the last year, just from where we were to where we are. So um, you know it really it really speaks to the the high netback asset base that we have when you look at the free cash flow generation for us this year, even at a at a sixty five dollar price deck, we're six hundred and fifty million of of excess free cash flow. and uh, a a lot of torque there to the upside but again to your point we certainly um have have been very active and very disciplined with our hedge book um so don't look for that to change and I can give or just pass it here to Ken he can give you a little bit of color on our our thoughts on that as well so Ken do you want to speak to the book Sure thanks Craig um yeah so so
3: obviously you know we do hedge and we do hedge to protect for you, you know Commodity price volatility and, and the impact that has, obviously, on our capital programs and, and our dividends. So, you know, look to us to be disciplined on that. Um, you know, obviously, as you pointed out, the curve is pretty backwardated. So, you know, as the front end of this spikes a bit, we, we obviously are just filling in the book a little bit into Q3 and Q4 here, taking advantage of some of these, you know, robust oil prices. As you look towards 2022, um, you know, we are layering in a little bit of hedges, um, but we are we are doing that very um, very selectively. Obviously, if you look at, you know, call it $60 US WTI and above, um, that's a pretty attractive level when we look at free cash into 2022. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a nice base level where you can start chipping away at a little bit of hedge protection. Um, we are using instruments uh, swaps, but we're also using a combination of callers and three ways uh, to do a little bit of hedging out there in 2022, just so that we have a little bit of a, an upside participation. Um should oil prices continue to kind of strengthen the back end of the curve coming up. But um look for us to stay disciplined and, and we'll keep chipping away here a little bit. Greg?
5: Yeah. And uh I just when I'm when I'm looking at your uh the way your your hedge book is constructed, it looks like those three way callers um and callers are gaining a little bit more relevancy as we go out in the future, expect that to continue.
2: Yeah, as you, as you look out into, into 2022, expect that to continue, Patrick. Like, um, you know, when you think of it this way, basically two-thirds of the book then has a, a very solid floor, and two-thirds of the book lets you participate in a little bit of the upside. Um, so, again, it, it's staying disciplined to, to our process, and to Ken's point, starting to chip away at that and layering in a, a pretty solid foundation uh, for us as we look out into the next year. But we'll remain disciplined towards that. So.
5: Okay, great. Thank you.
2: Thanks for the questions.
1: Thank you. Once again as a reminder, as a reminder for members of the investment community, if you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by 1 on your telephone keypad. And at this time Mr. Brixa, we have no further questions. Please proceed.
5: Uh
2: Thank you all for joining our call today. If you have any questions that were not answered, please call our investor relations team at your convenience. Thanks again, everyone, and take care.
1: Thank you, sir. Please note that Crescent Point's Investor Relations Department can be reached at 1 855 767 6923. Thank you for attending and have a good day.